What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy back again for all of your mediocre fancy football advice. It's here. Football in pads has started as of this recording. It is Monday, uh, August 17th. This show will be releasing on Thursday, but football in pads has equaled a lot of soft tissue injuries to start the season. So we're full in swing. That didn't make sense, but we're going to move on anyway. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure where to go from here. Uh, anywhere. Uh, but the, the only way to go is up after that. Um, <laughs> and basically anywhere else. So yes, it, it has been a lot of soft tissue injuries today. Uh, who, who are we just fucking talking about? McCoy. Gerald McCoy. Oh, yeah. Gerald McCoy tore his fucking quad muscle and it looks like he got shot. So that's fun. Uh, shout out to the guys down in North Carolina who asked for a shout out. I'm in an auction league with them. It's my only auction league and probably will be my only auction league ever. Um, just wanted to give them a shout out. I'm not going to say all your names, but I appreciate you making fun of me every day. They make fun of me for being bald. So they would fit sure. right in on we'll this. Show. Yeah. And um, along with what you're talking about, so they, again, thanks for listening, guys. Um, and along with what you're talking about, some but some people maybe were sleeper. A sleeper was Josh Oliver, tight end for the Jaguars. He did have a non-contact bone break in his foot, out for the season. Sounds I don't like know if you guys. Called, I don't I know if you guys. Shut up! Don't you say that? Don't you put that evil on me? Uh, I saw the the Jalen Hurd more than anything. Was yeah, the that one. That one is interesting because. They said he was fine. He came back to practice yesterday, and then they got it. They were getting him an MRI this morning. They fear it. They haven't announced it completely, but whenever you fear a torn ACL, more often than not, it's a torn ACL. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen it come back from a team saying, "I fear it's a torn ACL." That it's like, nah, he's cool. He's all good. No, <laughs> like, the one I laugh right. about, and Mike Wright had talked about it. The one I laugh about is guys that go get second opinions on knee injuries. Like, all right, so this doctor says I need to get ACL surgery. But then this doctor said, nah, I'm good, man. You're good. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. Get back out. Like, why even? Like, what's the point of going to get second opinions? Like, what do you expect to hear in that second one? Well, you have to assume they are looking for someone to say you can rehab and you'll be fine and you won't need surgery. But I don't. But what if that, that second really... opinion is wrong? Oh, yeah. And yeah. nine times out of ten, it will be. But they're going to try to push through and play because they're competitors yeah that's that's my guess i don't fucking know i've never torn a ligament i never want to tear a ligament but i can tell you what if a doctor said you need surgery i'd just take my ass to surgery i wouldn't be getting a second opinion so yeah all right so what we're going to talk about on this episode um we have another mock draft for you guys it's gonna be a one quarterback mock we're also we also before this recording we interviewed denny carter of living of the living the stream podcast and um draft day consultant draft day consult.com thank you i didn't type it in this one but uh it was a great interview uh we had a lot of fun so you guys are gonna really enjoy listening to that um but before we, so before we get into the mock draft christian wanted to talk about something uh today doug peterson came out and said uh they've already talked to Miles Sanders and told them that they want him to be the guy this year, which I mean, who the fuck else is going to be the guy in that backfield? I mean, Boston Scott. Yeah. Okay. Um, so 
the question we have before we get started, what is Miles Sanders ceiling? So your first point, I think that him being the guy just means that they're not going to go out and sign a Devontae Freeman, um, which is basically the only viable free agent option left, right? There's, I mean, it's Freeman and then no one. But I think that just reinforces that they are planning to, to roll with Sanders as the workhorse. And if that's the case, I mean, I think he has top five potential. I think it'd be really tough to get there and it would take a lot of uh, different occurrences like a Dalvin Cook inevitable injury. Um, I think it might take... Yeah, Coda loves making her appearance on the podcast. But um, I, I ultimately think like top five, but probably not one through four. Probably so. Probably RB five would be ceiling. You need you need to stop doing that. That is the like second it. time today you've done something along those lines. <laughs> now, first was your tweet saying that he's top ten, but not one, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight, or ten. Literally, instead of saying he's nine. For some reason, you decided to do that. And hey. I understand people that do it, well, he's, he's top six, but he's not two, three, four, five, or six. I get it. I understand the emphasis. But when you're talking a range of one to ten, and you're putting him at the very back of that range, you really don't need to fucking do that. Yeah. Well, so see, it was like supposed to be satire. It was supposed to be funny. And I don't, I only, th- I think like two or three people picked up on that. Um, because I saw one that it was like, oh, he's top three, but he's not two or three, or he's not one or three, or something like that. I just wanted to be funny, but apparently I'm not funny. My graphics suck. Uh, that's what I learned today. Dude, I don't know how flip, to read. You flip the cut and flip or flip your Twitter handle and flip Pat Mahomes, and you would have been fine. Well, yep. but I didn't, and so all irrelevant. My quarterback ranking uh, graphic is up on my Twitter. If you guys are interested. Uh, but yeah, Miles Sanders top five. I yeah, I was gonna say fifth overall probably is my ceiling for him as well. Uh, just because he's not, he's he probably won't get the enough workload to be up near the top two. And whoever's, I mean, I I don't know. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be really close because it's hard to gauge exactly what kind of workload he's gonna get. He had what like roughly two. 100 touches last year. So I, a little less, I want to say. Um, 180? No, he had about he had about 220-something. Okay. Let me see here. Let me pull it up. So if, he, if he's going to get 200-plus rushes, plus like... Well, so those are targets on receiving, I believe. I think he got up there. So, uh, so he had 50 receptions, 179 carries. So yeah, 229. So if he if he's getting two fifty plus last year with two twenty nine being a rookie, kind of behind Jordan Howard to start, he was RB fifteen. I think he's a lock to be a top ten. That means, and I mean, pretty much any time when you get in that top ten, it's usually ends up being like three catches and a touchdown is the difference between nine and six. So like, we'll see how it really shakes out. But I think he's going to finish five. That's why I picked him eighth overall yesterday. Well, and really quickly, sorry, Sean, I know you probably want to put your your input into this, but um, I think it does depend on if they turn to Corey Clement or Michael Warren or someone 
for uh, goal line work. I <laughs> shut up. Close to six. Okay. She just had an itch. I feel bad, but um, it has to be right when I'm talking too, so I can't even edit that shit out. Um, <laughs> but I think if they turn to like a Michael Warren or a Corey Clement, that's where we're we're in trouble with that top five project projection. And he doesn't hit the ceiling, but I still think he'd be top ten just because he's gonna get receiving work too. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I straight said two fifty touches, so that's barely an increase. So that's assuming Boston Scott and uh, someone else get some workload there. So it's, it's true. And for the record, I will I will go on record right now and say this is going to be the worst offseason when it comes to hype and tweets and following the beat reporters with no preseason. Like these next 24 days are going to be like if you took a steak knife and drove it into my eyes and then brought it out my ears. I feel like that's how it's going to be when it comes to hype trains and, oh, well, this guy was practicing with these guys. This guy was rotating in with this guy, Jared Stidham and Cam Newton were each taking reps at the one, you know, uh, Brian Edwards is by far in the, the fucking Oakland or Las Vegas wide receiver one. Cause that's where he started. And first like, don't feed into these hypes. Wait till it gets closer to the mm-hmm. season. Wait until teams start to ramp up their practices. Wait until you see guys that are healthy again come into training camp, see where they are. Don't believe what you're going to hear these first couple of weeks because there's going to be a ton of it. I saw a tweet today about Van Jefferson, like Van Jefferson time. It's the hype train. Let's, he caught one pass on a fade route from, I'm pretty sure it was the backup quarterback, and people are loving Van Jefferson this year. Just, just don't do it. Just relax. I mean, if I had to make an all-hype team going into training camp, it's Miles Sanders. It's um, fuck Brian this. Edwards. Yes, it's Antonio Gibson, and um, there was one more running back that I can't remember off the top of my head that I was kind of putting in that same tier. But regardless, it doesn't matter. Wait until it gets closer. See who's getting the majority of the reps. I agree with you to an extent. Um, so I think you do have to sift through some coach speak because, like Kyle Shanahan. If he says Brandon Ayuk's further along than other rookies, I believe him because he never fucking lies. Like he told everyone that Dante Pettis was trash last year before he was. And everybody active. and everybody but me believed it. Yep, exactly. No, so, it, so you're right. So you're right, but I'm. It's Sean's also completely right in the fact that we are very early into this process. It's okay. okay. Take make a make a note of it. Check back in five days. Check back in five days after. If it's all coming up the exact same, that's telling you something. But we're barely started here, and I've seen way too much hype off of. Nothing. Oh yeah, it was Clyde. It was Clyde Edward Tolaire. He was the other one I was going to put into the all hype team. Yeah, I mean, him and Sanders make sense though. Whereas, <laughs> like, Van yeah, Jefferson. but it's just like it's just nonstop talking oh, about we, these guys the entire oh, yeah, time. We talked about that Chase Claypool hype for thirty minutes on Twitter for him. <laughs> <laughs> going up and yes. Oh, yes. Oh. Like Randy said. So the the point of the point of my little shtick there is, don't freak out if you're doing if you're starting drafts in the next week or so. Trust trust your gut. Don't feed into these reports as training camp starts to ramp up. Just just don't do it. I may I've made the mistake in the past. Dante Pettis. Everybody was talking about how good Dante Pettis looked at the end of 2018. Saying the 2019, it's his show, and I wanted to kill myself. 
Well, alrighty then. <laughs> Sean's put knives into his eyes already. He's wanted to kill himself. Hey man, so. it's Im- it's imagery. That's what makes us a good podcast. Mm, is it? <laughs> on that Next. note, um, so we'll get into the mock draft, but first we want you guys to hear our awesome interview with Denny Carter. So let's get to that. All right, so uh, Christian, Randy, and I are here with Denny Carter, uh, co-host of Living the Stream with JJ Zacharyson, writer at Roto World, and the owner of Dra- DraftDayConsultants.com. Denny, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I, and then, you know what? I know Draft Day Consultants is a mouthful. And, uh, you know, if you're not used to saying it, it it's hard. It's hard to say. I, I don't I don't blame anybody. Every podcast I've ever been on, the, the, the poor host has to say draft day consultants and they and they have no idea i think one one and i'm not i'm not saying anything about the way you said it but the last podcast i was on somebody was like was like jeff consult ish you know <laughs> well it probably doesn't help but when i i typed it into our doc and i just kind of combined it all together so i have to read the entire thing and once you once you try to read it all kind of in one group it gets a little bit tougher uh, but hey we, we moved past it so we're good to go so in your in your relatively recent Carson Wentz article, you label him as a set it and forget it candidate for the second half of the season. Does this three week stretch in weeks four, five, and six at San Francisco, at Pittsburgh, and home for Baltimore does that give you any pause at all for him in the first half, or are you still completely okay with him um, the entire twenty twenty season? I mean, if you're if you're talking about uh, a one quarterback. 12 team league um then i'm i'm guessing that there will be parts of the season where you you probably you know won't feel compelled uh to play him you know um it 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 really depends on how, like if there are any teams in your league who've lost their minds and are are hoarding quarterbacks for for no reason uh you know that happens but but i you know in in like a super flex or something i think that he's he's like uh, he comes at a great cost i think that he can outperform his adp uh, especially, you know, in two QB and Superflex. Yeah, no, and I've I think of the three of us, I'm kind of the highest on Carson Wentz. I kind of have been the last couple of years. I know in in dynasty in my dynasty, I've done a lot of dynasty startups this year, and I've tried to find get him wherever I can. But a lot of them are Superflex, yeah. so he goes high. But I I love and I, I know that he's I know he hasn't been healthy all the way, um, but whenever he is, I just think he's such a great. Um, because he adds a little bit of that rushing floor too. Right. That when when his knees do hold up, like that's just another aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, last year we and we talked about it too. Last year, what was nuts was like when you think of Carson Wentz and the Eagles in 2019, you think of how bad that offense was. The fact that he still finishes a QB one in spite of everything that happened is is amazing. Yeah, uh, in the article on four for four dot com, I, I talked about how much of a difference uh, full season of Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rager could make for him because he's a, he's a good deep ball thrower, not the best, but he's good. He also is an aggressive passer when he can be, but you know, last year uh, he just, he could not be because all of his weapons were kind of intermediate weapons. You know, we're talking about Ertz, you're talking about uh, Goddard and and Sanders. So, um, and then no one really on the outside because of injuries and whatnot. So, um, Having two, you know, speedsters on the outside, I think, makes a world of difference and really gives him a chance uh, to rack up points via the long ball, which is something he did not do last year. 
And and having JJ Ortega Whiteside at some point on the outside, I'm just saying he's I I'm I am the known Stop. truther of JJ Ortega Whiteside. I I I I don't want to give it up. I, I probably no, should, no, no. but he's ne- never never apologize for trutherism. Yeah, never. He's he, he's this year's Dante Pettis to me. I was full on Dante Pettis last year, and you saw that worked out. But anyway, but, let's but you on. didn't know you didn't know Dante Pettis w- was going to come to camp without exercising for six months. Yeah, well, yeah, right. What the hell was that? <laughs> All right, Denny, uh, let's move on to our next question. So your article over at Roto World titled Garbage Time Heroes, which is Thanks. a great title, if I, I must say so. Um, so that article included DJ Chark. Do you think that his points per game metric, that it would have seen him as the wide receiver seven in 2019, do you think that's sustainable how high do you think DJ Chark can finish this year? And then what is your like projected outlook right. for him, uh, assuming that he might not reach his ceiling? Yeah, uh, so I think that he's going in a spot, and I, I don't have his ADP in front of me, but I want to say it's like wide receiver 18 or so, 20? Somewhere that around sounds there. about right. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I think that he's going in a place where uh, you know, he doesn't have to have a, a crazy st- season in order to meet or exceed that ADP. Um, and, you know, in my, that, that garbage time piece that I, I wrote for Roto World, I uh, looked at, yeah, how he performed, mostly his opportunity, uh, which obviously is a, is a critical element of any player, but uh, his opportunity in uh, Jaguars' losses last year, um, particularly when they were chasing points throughout the second half. And, you know, he got a, got a lot of targets. Like, it's a pretty... It's a it's a pretty uh, stark split between when the Jags, you know, had the lead and could sit on the ball and run the ball and have a balanced offense, and then when they just had to drop back and throw it. Um, and he, you know, he's like the clear alpha number one guy. And and I I know uh, Lavishka is lurking. Mm-hmm. Okay, look, I know you know, <laughs> but but you know, as far as uh, uh, you know, down the field, um, it's chart. And uh, I, I think so far in Jags camp, we've read a lot about uh, Minshew really focusing, like, you know, on on Chark, and and he's clearly like the primary target in that offense. So if the Jags are as bad as we think they're going to be, and most importantly, as as bad as Vegas thinks they're going to be, I think they're they're pegged at four and a half wins right now. They're over under. So uh, if they're that bad, then they will be in a position where they're throwing it a lot, and Chark is is the Definitely the beneficiary of that. Yeah, Denny, he's going as uh, wide receiver twenty three in PPR yeah, for Fancy right. Pros. So yeah, that that that's even better. Yeah, going down. How is that possible? <laughs> wow, Metcalf. I, I think it All looks like D, it right. looks like DK has jumped him recently. DK's going as wide yes, receiver twenty one. I don't know if I'm taking that Metcalf over. Well, what's uh, nuts is Lockett's going twenty two, so they're they're going right by each other. But Metcalf's actually going higher than Lock right now, which is nuts. Or Lockett right now, which is nuts to me. Yeah, it's funny. No, you know, it's clear that fantasy football players can't make up their mind about the Seahawks wide receivers, and they can't make up their mind about the Dolphins running backs because they. Dolphins running backs go back to back. They're right there together. I just did. A, just, I just did a redraft yeah. yesterday. Um, Fourteen team league. I took Jordan Howard. Matt Burita went two picks before me, so it was like yeah. you said, right there. And honestly, I'm I'm torn too. And I actually do right now. 
you know, talk to me tomorrow. Maybe it'll change. But uh, right, right now, I I do lean Howard. I I do as well. I don't know if these guys. Do. I know Randy's always been kind of a Brita guy, especially when he was in San Francisco. But I like. I think the one thing about Howard that people don't realize is that he's silent. He's secretly been very good, and no one wants to look at him that way. But mm-hmm. um, and then I was talking to the guy who took Brita. He's like, oh well. Howard's got the mileage on him. You know, Breed is younger. I'm like, dude, they're the same age. They're both 25 years old. And I, yeah, yeah Howard seems like he's 30. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's nuts. But, uh, yeah. But, right. and, 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 and another thing is that Howard is the unsexy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Breeda is, Breeda is the sexy pick. And there's no doubt. Like, do I, do I want Matt Breeda to be healthy for 16 games and get a full workload somewhere? Yes. That would be very exciting. Like, obviously. Do I think that's going to happen? I think, well, he could be healthy. I don't know, maybe, but he's definitely not getting a full workload oh, no. as long as Jordan Howard is is uh, conscious. Right, and and Howard and Howard's been good in those in those goal line situations. Like he was even good last year in Philly before he went down, and and they turned to Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably the only one that goes Brita here, and it's literally just my argument's always: Do you think the Dolphins are scoring a bunch of touchdowns? If you do, then it's Howard. If you think they're going to be down and passing more, it's got to be Breida for me. That's it's basically yeah, who's right. on the field, and that's, I mean, right. I, like Howard still sure. can outscore him in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, and that that's that's where I was going for a long time. Was that was that Breida's the passing down guy? He'll be on the field more. Um, I I just I don't I don't know if I see him getting uh, any early down work. Right, and I think that that's that's kind of the the issue but i uh, like i said it's it's very very close and uh i could be end up being catastrophically wrong on saying howard <laughs> I mean, over Brita. so i don't think either one's gonna be like a anywhere close so uh running back right. one so i don't think it'll be catastrophically wrong yeah i mean in, in in the league i took him in that 14 team i i have him as wide as running back four so i feel good about right. that with howard but yeah but all right, Randy, why don't you go ahead to your question? All right, yeah, uh, us as well as the fantasy community is kind of split on where Darren Waller is going to kind of end up. Uh, one of your latest Waller articles, <laughs> you stated you prefer to plunge into the depths of hell specifically for your <laughs> late round tight ends rather than grabbing a mid round guy like Waller. Uh, what is that deepest depths of hell pick at tight end for you? You know, I didn't. I didn't want to be dramatic. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> not to be dramatic but i'm diving into literal hell for my tight end um <laughs> sounds like the joke. so yeah right right so um uh you know herndon i know you know among fantasy obsessives herndon is like a very you know common name and 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 we and and we know about him we like him mostly and he's very cheap you can get him at the end of your draft so uh, but like to the average fantasy player, earned it. It's who, no one knows. No one knows. Does that mean he's going to be at the end of your draft? I think that he could easily, you know, become an every week starter because the Jets have so many uh, vacated targets, so many vacated air yards, and um, you know, I mean, a- anecdotally, you hear what Adam Gase and other coaches are saying about how Herndon Herndon is in in camp, and it's very positive. Uh, so he's one, uh, another guy. Now this is, this is, you know, the seventh level of hell. This is just way, way deep. Uh, Dan Arnold. Okay. 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 <laughs> <Arizona>. <laughs> All right. Now, now Dan Arnold. Now, um, you know, 
part of my job for Roto World is just is just uh, going through a bunch of beat writer stuff, finding little nuggets. And one of the you know most uh, I don't want to say valuable because I feel like I'm just tooting my own horn, but uh, you know one of the best nuggets that I think I came up with was um, the Arizona beat writers, two of them talking together about who would emerge in the passing game, who is just not being talked about at all. And both of them came to the conclusion that it might be Dan Arnold. And if it's not, it's not. But Dan Arnold is completely free. You know, no one, you know, cares about him. No one, no one is going for Dan Arnold. Um, And, you know, he, he actually did get like pretty decent opportunity in his four games in Arizona last year, three games. I can't remember what it was. Like he actually saw a good chance. He, He got, Red zone targets. He's a really big dude uh, with all those receivers uh, on the field, including obviously Hopkins and, and, and Kirk, uh, drawing attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it could be a guy like Arnold who's just kind of running single coverage down the seam. And uh, uh, I don't know if he becomes an every week guy, but um, but a really good streamer, I think. Yeah, we did a we uh, just did our episode about our uh, late round kind of dart throw guys, and for tight ends, Christian was full on the Herndon train. Randy did take Jack Doyle. I'm shocked right now where Jack Doyle's going, but it, it was a pretty easy one. But I was personally under, uh, I picked Irv Smith. I really like Irv Smith's opportunity this year, especially because he he paced Rudolph in basically everything last year but touchdown. Yeah. And, I, and I'd like to think that that changes, especially when no digs are going to be looking somewhere else. But, um, but no. I do too. I do too. I, 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 I get a little hesitant though, the way that the Vikings like to operate mm-hmm. so run heavy and the fact that Rudolph is still there. And, and I'm not saying that Rudolph is better or anything, right. but he, he is still there. And, and it, it, it just, it's just like a block, I think on Irv Smith's upside, which is unfortunate because I think that he could be really good. Yeah, and he's he 20, yeah right. He's 21 years old. I had no idea. Like I when I was doing more, I didn't realize how young he really is. It's nuts. Man. He didn't turn. He wasn't. He turned twenty two this month. But um, all right. So let's keep going here. Um, so while reading your article uh, about Damian Williams' opt out uh, when that came down the wire a couple weeks ago and its impact on the depth chart on the depth chart in Kansas City, and let it, let truth be told, I, I'm a big DeAndre Washington late round guy this year. Um, we notice you tend to go zero RB more often than not. So what round? If if you're going with that strategy in a typical redraft. What round do you look to get your RB1? Or is it more of you don't really have an idea in mind? It's just kind of how the board falls to you. And, and then do you have like one guy that if you do go to your RB that you're usually trying to target? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, you know, zero RB uh, is way more rigid than, you know, uh, your your kind of more typical draft strategy, which is just to go with the room and seek value. It's not like I don't do that. You know, if I, you know, if I see someone, you know, even like a quarterback, if like Lamar falls to the fourth round or something, I'm taking. So, Mm. um, you know, I don't, I don't discount anybody in that way, but, um, you know, I, I get to, uh, you know, I get to like the fifth round and I see someone like, and this again, incredibly unsexy, but I see someone like David Montgomery sitting there and his, 270 touches from last year and now his 8% body fat he got it <laughs> <that>. um, <laughs> so uh, in, in the best shape of his life yep. and, and and I see that and I you know I'm a volume guy like I, I, I really um, put volume above everything else and 
sometime, you know, I think that works out mostly. Uh, I'm not saying that it always works out because obviously it doesn't. There are hyper efficient players who get by on very little opportunity. But, you know, when I'm looking for an RB1, I want a guy who's going to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Even if he wasn't, he hasn't been good with it, he, at least he's going to get the chance. So Montgomery, you know, he he sticks out. Another guy, and I know this is like fantasy sacrilege, it's, it's I've never seen such hate uh, for a player who's clearly going to get the ball a lot this year, and that's Leonard Fournette. Yeah. I'm not, again, not saying that Fournette's like some, you know, league-leading rusher, that he's a great player. But who else do they have? Who else? I yeah. mean, I know, I know Armstead. I know a lot of people talk, talk about He's still on the COVID list, too. He hasn't even been active. He is. He is, and and now now so now everybody's talking up the third string guy who's bounced around the league, and he's you know he was he plays he played in some preseason games and did well a while back. I don't you know not you know degrading the, what the guy's done, but you know Fournette Fournette's the only game in town yeah. in that backfield, and you know is he going to see a hundred targets this year? No, but you know he's falling so low. Mm-hmm. That it, it doesn't matter that he's not going to see 100 targets. That's that's the thing, and uh, so those are the guy kind of guys I I end up with to to, to start with. Another guy would be James White. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think James in, P, in PPR, obviously um, mm-hmm. the only legitimate scoring system. The the you know he uh, um, he could really benefit from you know Cam Newton led offense. Um, we saw how Newton targeted McCaffrey heavily. Uh, not comparing White to McCaffrey, obviously, but you know he is the pass catching back, and he has that job locked down to himself. You know, so yeah. um, so those are the three. Those are the three guys I end up with a lot. Yeah. See, one thing I think a lot of people tend to do um, is it's like it's always like like Chris, so Chris Thompson. He was the big Jacksonville. He was the big Jacksonville acquisition in the off season, and then everybody just uh, continuously equates that to oh well, Leonard Fournette's targets are going to go down. He's not nearly as valuable, and it's like. We don't know if that's the case. Plus, we don't even know. Chris Thompson's struggled to stay on the field the last three years he's been in Washington. So we don't even know if that's going to be a thing. So, yeah, I, I right. totally get it. Um, are, are you looking – is there any other rookie – are you looking at any of the rookies when you go that route? Or are you just kind of passing up because you don't – they're all – it's all questions about what's going to happen with all of them. Right. I mean, Jonathan Williams is the one rookie that I, that I will take at ADP, you know, when you're going zero RB. Mm-hmm. Um, that all rhymes somehow, but you know you could take four uh, wide receivers and then <laughs> and then take Williams. Uh, at, yeah. Anyway, you could take Williams and then uh, Cam Akers is in in the fifth round. That you know I think that that's that's a little too rich for the uncertainty uh, surrounding that backfield. I mean, yeah. Uh, Rams coaches are talking about a four way backfield split. I you know and I passed <laughs> out just thinking about it. So. Um, you know, I, I tend to pass on him. And then, you know, the reports out of camp for DeAndre Swift have not been great, right? Yeah. I, you know, I, I just, I feel like, I feel like I'd rather just take carry on like four rounds later. Yeah, no, a lot of it's been that it looks of the rookies from what it seems like between Taylor, um, Taylor, Edward Tolaire, there from what I've read is that uh, Swift has the largest learning curve of them all. And I think some, a lot of people are discounting how talented, carry on johnson really is though and uh i and by the way i called him jonathan williams earlier obviously i didn't no it's all right we knew i actually it's funny that you say that because i in that same league that i was talking about i waited a couple rounds snagged taylor's my rb2 but i supplanted that with mark ingram 
So I'm expecting the inverse. I'm expecting Ingram to start for the first couple of weeks. And then once Dobbins <laughs> takes over, I'm expecting Taylor to be there. So I could just flip him and not have to worry about it then. You know, you know that that's the thing. You know, I I I'm among the the fantasy types who get really excited about a flashy rookie who comes in and takes over a backfield and dominates, and it usually requires a, an injury to the starter. Right. I mean, in a lot of in a lot of circumstances, like I don't think that there's any chance that Dobbins is going to like be a really secure fantasy asset this year if Ingram plays 16 games. Yeah. You know, and just thinking about um, how good Ingram was last year too. Right. And I just think, I just think we, we tend to get super excited, get all pumped up, take these guys and, and just say, all right, well now that now the plan's in motion, like now the, the rookie's going to take over and it, and it's so, most times it's a bad assumption. Right. Absolutely. All right, Randy. All right. Yeah. Speaking of rookie running backs. Oh, unfortunately. Uh, well, with Geis being rightfully released last week, uh, how do you see the backfield for the Washington football team kind of shaping out? Is it going to be AP and Gibson split? Are you taking the Bryce Love hype? Like, which way you really think it's going to go? And I'm, I'd like to just put out a disclaimer before you go that I am a known Antonio Gibson hater. <laughs> I, I don't. Hater. I, I will not. Let me, let me put it this way. I don't get hater. the hype. I, I don't like, especially for this season when they have it. But I'll let you. I'll, I'll let you talk. Sure. So Gibson <laughs> is a prime example of what I was talking about. Uh, uh, an extremely exciting rookie, a guy who can do everything. Seemingly, uh, who you know, um, we want to get the opportunity and. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, I, I, I said on, um, I can't remember which podcast I've been on so many lately, but, uh, you know, and so I said that, uh, there's a pretty decent chance that Adrian Peterson just outscores Gibson mm-hmm. here. And they you know, again, that's not really sexy. And I've said sexy 15 times on this show and I'm sorry, it's okay. but I keep saying it. <laughs> it's definitely, it's um, definitely I, one thing that doesn't get mentioned when you think about the three of us. So it's totally <laughs> that's true oh that's good Uh, yeah so i mean i'm trying to think of another word on the fly and i can't so i'm just gonna keep saying it but um yeah so so you know gibson very exciting now he's a seventh round guy or eighth round whatever man that's hard that's a really that's a tough call like i i like i liked him a lot better in the 10th or 11th 12th wherever he was going before the the guys release another thing and, and i'm sure sean would you know, point this out that uh, the dude had 33 carries in college. Thank you, thank you. I, I want to do the I want to do the Michael Scott banging on the table. He had, yeah, he had 77 total touches all in his Memphis career, playing behind guys like Daryl Henderson, like Tony Pollard. Like people don't understand that he was behind those guys in college. Well. You know what it is? It's it, he was a he was a freak at the combine, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so yes. that's it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's that's what we're talking about. It, uh, and and you know, that's not shouldn't be ignored, but it should. You know, it's it's something that we, we gotta get find a middle, irrationally a excited about. Yeah, there's a middle ground and, somewhere. <laughs> and I I thought you know I, I don't watch much college football, so I have to learn about these guys. Or I, I do learn about these guys when they enter the league, and I'm looking at his game log. From game logs from from college, and I'm like, I'm sorry, am I looking? Where, am I looking at the wrong player? I mean, I thought 
I thought this guy was the greatest of all time. It, it, the, people talk about his yards per carry. Who cares? It was 33 carries. Who cares what it was? Thank you, Denny. Right. Thank <laughs> you made my night. Thank you. For yeah. I, I will say he does kind of, like, he reminds me of, like, a worse Curtis Samuel coming out, which is crazy but, how he's getting this. And, and look, how, Curtis, look at how valuable Curtis Samuel has been in his, well, in his three years. He's been he's been right. decent, but I mean Curtis Samuel's I would say probably better running back. And as of right now, Curtis Samuel is obviously a better receiver, but he's had a few years to adjust to that. So right, <laughs> right, yeah, all right. Christian, you oh, let's uh, so we're, so we've been so like football oriented, football driven here. So go ahead with uh, your oh oh, this is football related. Really better, um, better be. and and. <laughs> and and Sean actually had a good segue there with his Michael Scott banging the table. So on Living the Stream last week, you guys talked quite a bit about The Office. Someone asked you guys what your favorite line was. And so I wanted to add this question. Who would you rather on your fantasy roster? Michael Scarn, Michael <laughs> Klump, or Prison Mike? I think I think I have to go with Prison Mike, you know? I mean, he's a... Uh, he's- Absolutely. He's a tough guy. Uh, you know, he has the, the cool purple bandana. Um, and, you know, he, he'll he scare a defender straight. You know, I think that that's, sure. you know, if he went once he gets the ball. No, I mean, I mean, it, it could be scarring, but I, I just don't, I don't, I, I don't know if they're going to allow all the, all the weapons. That Michael well, the only cool thing, uh, if it is scarring, is he could be like Trey, Trey Quinn, score a touchdown and do the scarring. Oh, I forgot about the that. What a, yeah. Um, what a, what a crazy thing! I thought I was losing my mind when that was. No, happening. and, and anyway, I was like, Drake Quinn did it perfectly too. Like after, I know. I, I was watching it. and I'm like, I'm sorry. Wait, is this? That's to Michael. And I didn't. I didn't want to tweet it because I'm like, if I'm wrong, I'm gonna get like they're gonna be like, who's, who's this boomer talking about Michael Scarn? And for the record, Creed is by far the most underrated character in that entire show. I think line for line, you know, he is the best character. You know, I, I'm not saying he's my favorite, but every line he has is either wildly funny, uh, horrifying, or just completely inappropriate. <laughs> the one you know, like the Halloween party, and it's him, and <laughs> oh, it's Halloween. That yeah, he has he has <laughs> blood all over. Uh, yeah. Uh, how about when uh, when when Ryan says he set him up with a uh, with a blog, or it's actually just a Microsoft Word document, and he's like he's like, I, you know, even even for standards, uh, of the I've internet, read that. And then and then uh, only one person is Crosby. That guy's name, Creed Bratton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's clear it's clear that you know Creed has is a murderer. Like, he's, <laughs> and then and then uh, the um. The the hit whatever the when Toby's directing the the self defense thing, it's oh, the uh, strike, scream, and run. Yeah, and he hits Meredith at the back of the head, and then he just runs out the door. <laughs> did, did you guys did you guys ever ever read about or get into the theory that that Toby is the the Scranton yeah, Strangler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been yes. I, I've seen, I've definitely seen that. I've never like dove in, dove into it, but. Yeah. So you guys know about it? Yeah, I, I okay. yeah, I've watched a couple of the oh, yeah. YouTube videos. I can't remember every bit of it for sure, but I, I know it's like he just gets tired. Like eventually, like him, like 
gets involved yeah. with Jim and he just like goes insane. I couldn't I handle I couldn't handle the Strand Strangler Toby talk. I, 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 I was like, I'm going, I'm going too far. I'm sorry. Scared him off. We got too close to the truth. It kicked Sean yeah. off the call for us. Yes, exactly. Right. That, that was like an X Files thing. Right. As soon as you talk about the truth, the government just shuts shuts down the podcast. Amazing. Uh, uh, that's good stuff. Yeah. And um, I finally I've done I've watched The Office through twice now, and that's it. Yeah, I've only done it twice, but I I, I always catch it. I always catch it when it's on. <laughs> friends, friends is the big one for me. I, I I can recite friends all day, every day, every every word, every episode. You could just watch Netflix. Watch it on Netflix. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, I'm talking about The, the Office. You, yeah, is that where you watch it? Yeah, yeah. I I that's where I started it originally, and then okay. I I got through it all, and then I. I took like six months and I did it again because I've okay. only seen every episode right. once, but yeah, no, it was awesome. But, um, but Denny, no, this was, this was awesome. We really appreciate yeah, you coming on. Um, uh, just last thing, just mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about, uh, about living the stream. Yeah. Um, if you want to talk about draftdayconsultants.com, uh, any, just where we sure. can find your stuff and anything else you don't, you want to share with us before we get out of here. Yeah. So yeah, living the stream, we, we, uh, do once a week right now. Uh, usually on Wednesdays or Thursdays during the season, it'll be on Tuesdays. Uh, we also have a, a living the stream Patreon where I do uh, a, a solo podcast twice a week uh, called the Podcast uh, very creatively. Um, <laughs> it's not; it's a horrible name, but I'll be going with it. Um, and and then uh, right now is obviously our busiest time for DraftDayConsultants.com, where we have a lot of really good, experienced fantasy writers and analysts who. Uh, you know, can uh, talk to you before your draft and get you ready. Uh, they can be with you virtually uh, during the draft and, you know, to talk, talk you through picks and tell you what they would do um, in those situations. And then we have season long consultation where, you know, we help you uh, evaluate the waiver wire every week and, and, and trades and, and everything that you sit, start sits, obviously. And, you know, so these are things I think in 2020 that will be particularly uh, hard to figure out, uh, complicated because of COVID and because we're, we're, we are, it's not a matter of if, but when we are going to see uh, major fantasy relevant players, uh, you know, be declared out the day of uh, games, you know, right. and, and it's going to happen. And so I think that, you know, being able to have a fantasy analyst with you to kind of guide you through those hurdles, uh, I think could could be important, but maybe I'm biased. Anyway, it's uh, draftdayconsultants.com if you like okay. to check that. No, that's awesome. I and uh, I that's it's really cool because you don't find a lot of stuff that that people are there with you walking through the process. It's more of you read a lot of articles and then you kind of just you have to do it. You have to make your own decisions based on that stuff. But that's really cool that you guys kind of help out with the entire process. Thank you. Oh, yeah. All right, so that was our interview with Denny. Denny, thanks again, man. That was awesome. Um, yeah, we're glad and. Uh, just when you get off, go watch some office and think about, think about that. Michael Scarn question. Make sure, make sure that's who you want to go with. But I told <laughs> well, <you. laughs> Thanks. All right, man. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. So welcome back. That was an awesome interview. We really appreciate Denny coming on. That was definitely something they got away from us at the end there talking about the office, but that was, that was, that was really good. Yeah, and shout out to RJ Myler. Uh we actually asked our our listener league who they wanted to hear and he was the one that first said Denny 
And uh, so I just reached out to Denny. So if RJ hadn't said that he would like to hear Denny Carter on our podcast, we would not have had that interview at all. So shout out RJ. Still going to kick your ass, though, in the Listener League. Big facts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the draft, our mock draft here. So basically, so this one, we are doing one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, three flex, and six bench spots. I am drafting from the two spot, Randy from the five, and Christian, again, in last place at the eight spot. Well, last place is relative. You know. Yeah, that's how it usually works out. That's all for real. But all right, let's, let's get this started here. So Christian McCaffrey goes number one. I'm going to take Saquon Barkley at number two. Take Michael Thomas, you bitch. And then we see Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott come off the board to Randy. Oh boy. Do I not like this at all? Um, (laughs) So Michael Thomas is a good pick here. I also think that Dalvin Cook's a great pick. That's basically. See, now, now is when, once you get past the big four and it's been like this for like, three years in a row. Maybe, I mean, I guess two, because Saquon's only in his third year, but once you get past like the big four, then there's the question marks. And then do you, re, do you go for Clyde Edwards Hilaire here? Do you trust Dalvin cook, even though he can't seem to stay on the field? Like there's a lot of ways you got, you both can go with these picks. Yeah. I am going to stick with what I usually do. And that is, I want a top end RB. I'm going Dalvin cook to start. And then Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas come off the board to Christian at 108. Man, that was like worst case scenario. Um, damn. Um, I guess I'm going to do what Randy did. Uh, so my pick would traditionally be Derrick Henry here, but I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to go with Miles Sanders. Smart, right. I think. Oh, my running backs. Oh, yeah. Oh. So then we see Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, and then wrapping up this or starting the second round, Tyreek Hill, Josh Jacobs, Julio Jones, and Aaron Jones. Back to Christian. Yeah, I took Nick Chubb because uh, I wasn't really trying to have David fucking Johnson as my RB2. So, and he wouldn't have gotten past your next two picks, Sean. So I'll go with yes, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb to start. All right. All right, and then Austin Eckler and Patrick Mahomes back to Randy. I really wish Austin Eckler would have gotten back to me. I'm not quite happy. Uh, <laughs> not quite happy. So this is a one quarterback. Mahomes just went. I'm not taking Lamar here. Uh, I don't think that's a value in a one QB league. Kelsey and Kittle are a good draft pick here, I think. But I'm trying to choose between Chris Godwin and DeAndre Hopkins. Both have question marks. One has a new quarterback. Well, both have new quarterbacks. One switch teams. Because of that, I'm going to take Chris Godwin over DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> so then, and then Hopkins and Lamar Jackson go back to me at the 211. I think for my first pick here, I'm going to take George Kittle. Shot. And then Chris, Chris Carson and Travis Kelsey go. So um, I have a top end tight end. I have a top end running back. Go a couple ways here. Um, so, looking at the board, there are already three teams with two running backs, but at the same time, only 
three teams that have more than one that are before my next pick. So I'm actually going to take. You know what? I will take David Johnson. Of course you will. Oh, and Kenny Galladay and Lev Bell back That's not helpful. Um, <laughs> uh, so I was kind of targeting Kenny Galladay, who obviously went, and then I was just kind of targeting James Conner and Todd Gurley. Both have injury concerns, but both when they're on the field are usually RB ones every week. So, oh. I've kind of been all over the girly side. You know what? This actually kind of sucks because I have Dalvin Cook who could go down. Um, okay, hold on one sec. Devin Cook's biased in week seven. I'm going to go Todd Gurley. Just, I really don't. That's a, that's a tough choice between the two guys that are kind of injury prone. I definitely need to get a couple secure backs down the line here. And then we see... James Conner and Mike Evans back to Christian. That's good because he wasn't going Mike Evans. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, I'm thinking about taking my third running back here and then just receivers galore. But I'm a little nervous because there are eight picks in between my two picks here. I think what I'm going to do is take a guy who should be a target hog. Uh, for his team, and that's Adam Thielen. And I don't love that, but here we are. I did it, and we're going to see how it plays. So you see Leonard Fournette, Odell Beckham, Melvin Gordon, and DJ Moore. Then on the wraparound, uh, Allen Robinson, Jonathan Taylor. So Team 11 has four running backs. Uh, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper. Oh, sorry. Yeah. uh, I don't mean to spoil it, but that is who Christian took at 405, Christian. Any thoughts yes. behind that? That is my fault. I was impatient. Um, I have Amari Cooper as a top five receiver this year, and him being my wide receiver too is ideal. I just did a draft a couple nights ago where he is my wide receiver one. I'm cool with it, but as a wide receiver two, I feel a lot more comfortable. So that's that. Oh, All boy. Right, so Juju and David Montgomery back to Randy. I'll David tell you Robert what. Woods. That Dave Montgomery pick was a real kick in the nuts. Uh, that's who I wanted. <laughs> so this this leaves it to receivers, and that's going to be a decision between Calvin Ridley and Robert Woods. I think they're generally going to finish about the same, but one has more upside, in my opinion. Mm, hold on. I got to check. Don't check. you lie. Uh, I'm picking Calvin Ridley. I don't care. Yeah. Full sun. Which means Raheem Mostert and Mark Andrews come off the board. Which I just me. realized. I did. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, picked Calvin Ridley and Todd Gurley. So I will take Robert Woods. Thank you very much. Yeah. And then DK Metcast and Devin Singletary off the board. Sue, taking a look here. Um. So Mark Ingram, Ronald Jones. So some of these guys... It always, for me, like I always end up in this kind of same tier when I'm looking at like running back three. Um, it's the Mark Ingram, the Kareem Hunt, the DeAndre Swift, the Ronald Jones tier. So I will go ahead and I will take um, Ronald Jones. 
And I will wait to get a receiver back to me. So Kareem Hunt, DJ Chark, go back to Randy. Boy, that was not fun for Randy. Uh, <laughs> those are the two I wanted. Mark Ingram would be a good back here. It would kind of solidify my RB3. I don't think he's losing his job this year, unless he goes down to injury or loses time because of COVID. But, you know, damn it. Um, no, I gotta go running back. I, I gotta go. I gotta go Mark Ingram. I was just trying to think ah. of a wide receiver there. There's more wide receivers I can see than running backs getting back to me. So. Indeed. And so then we see Zach Ertz and Russell Wilson go. So it's back to Christian. He does. I don't think he's happy that I took Ronald Jones or that you took Mark Ingram. No. Right. Well, he's so, going to Corrin, so. I, well... So here's the situation I'm in. I did not pay attention to bye weeks. And so right now my two starting running backs are out week nine. Do I punt on on week nine, say, fuck it, I'm going to be 8-0 anyway? Uh, Because absolutely I will be. Um, What are we, are you playing Randy and I like week nine, week 10, week 11, somewhere around there? Is that why? That's a good one, man. No, I'm kicking your ass. Um, So... I guess like I'm looking at RB threes of James White, Cam Akers, you can't and Miami go backfield. Cam Akers has a buy of nine. Let's just full send. Let's just punt week nine. No, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna take Terry McLaurin. <laughs> All that for the one I said five minutes ago. It seems like. Yeah, yep. Well. So then, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, and Ty Hilton. Then in the sixth round, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Swift, Darren Waller, Stephon Diggs. Yep, I'm going to punt on running back once again, and I'm going to go Hollywood Brown just to snipe Randy. Boy, that was worst case scenario for old Randy. That's <laughs> Cam Akers and James White. Right after Hollywood Brown. That fucks me. Um, Man, that's not great. <laughs> So on the board, there's quarterbacks, but I don't really want to take anyone here. Wide receiver-wise, there's A.J. Green, who's obviously a value in the sixth round if he's healthy. Uh, Devontae Parker, who I don't think is a value in the sixth. I think he's going to be good this year, but I'm definitely more of a believer and someone else in that offense. Dobbins, I can't do because I have Ingram. So I kind of have to wait on running back. I'm going to go A.J. Green. This is going to be the all-rehab team. Uh, it's going to be boomer bust for Randy. That's, that's how it's going. All-rehab. All right, so then Rob Gronkowski and Devontae Parker, which brings me to my next pick here. Sean, it's a second tight end. Yeah. So I am going to start here. I'm not as worried about the bye weeks. Um, I'm going to take Jarvis Landry as my wide receiver too. Then Dak Prescott, J.K. Dobbins. And then I'm going to double that up. So I, I was looking at a couple guys that I was seeing if they would get back to me. And it looks like they did. And now I know I already have David Johnson, but I do think that Houston's going to need to be, they're going to be behind a lot of games. So I do think this offense is going to be very fantasy relevant. And I've already and I've talked at nauseum about how I'm more on the Brandon Cooks train than Will Fuller. So I'm gonna go ahead and take Brandon Cooks here. 
Okay. Then Matt Breida and Deshaun Watson come off the board. I'll I'll tell you what, boys. I am not a fan of this CPU. It is not. Mm-hmm. It's not doing me any justice. I, I before you make a pick, this is the most intuitive mock draft we've done on Sleeper. So whatever update they did, good for them. Because I feel like I feel like the the ADPs are finally fleshing out. Yep, uh, I am personally on more of the Matt Breida side versus Jordan Howard, <laughs> so that hurts. Uh, I do like Julian Edelman here. It would give me kind of balance with AJ Green, Will Fuller to kind of complement Brandon Cooks. Like Sean said, Michael Gallup is more of a boom play to me. And then obviously there's like Antonio Gibson and guys like that. I, you know, just to make sure Christian doesn't have to deal with it, I'm going to take Michael Gallup here. I appreciate so boys, boys, it has come down the line that Jalen Hurd's agent has confirmed that the 49ers wide receiver suffered a torn ACL in practice. So Jay, Jalen Hurd is done for 2020. Dante Pettis season. Stop. It's uh, Juwan Jennings. Absolutely. Yeah. And Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk is going to tear up to start this year. Uh, I'm not quite sure how it's going to correlate once Debo's back, which could be sooner than people think, but we'll see how that goes. So Christian, you see Tyler Boyd and Julian Edelman. I also feel very good about taking in that uh, my 14-team league that I drafted yesterday. I have Debo as my wide receiver four. Yeah, he's going so late. It's He's such a value. Even yes. if you have to wait three or even five weeks, he's going to tear up the second half of the year. Indeed. Yep. Christian, you're on the clock, buddy. Um, so I need a running back here. So it's been a while. Oof. Um, and so I don't, I don't like that I need a running back here because they're all pretty much dog shit. But I think if I'm sticking to my beliefs, it's got to be Tariq Cohen here because in a PPR league, Tariq Cohen's going to have some relevance. Um, I think he's acknowledged that. He did wear down last season, so I hope he corrected that or else I'm big fucked in week nine. <laughs> so you see Evan Ingram, Marlon Mack, Hayden Hurst, and Will Fuller come off the board, and then Debo Samuel, Drew Brees, Jordan Howard, Matt Ryan. So team 12 now has six receivers and one running. Yep. yep, yep. And team 11 has five running backs and one receiver. Yeah, fuck team 11. Uh, <laughs> they're taking all my running backs. <laughs> all righty. So I'm looking at the makeup of my roster. I have a fairly safe option in Thielen, though injury concerns are there. Um, Amari Cooper is pretty boomer bust, but mostly boom. McLaurin should be a target hog. Hollywood Brown is kind of similar to Amari Cooper, in my opinion. So I wouldn't mind getting some stability, uh, another target hog. Um, And that means I'm debating between Jamison Crowder and Marvin Jones here. And I think I'm leaning Crowder, especially with the Mims news, the Vincent Jackson uh, surgery that's happening. I'm sorry. You don't believe in the ghost of Chris Hogan? Absolutely not. I don't believe in the real human being, Chris Hogan. Who was signed by uh, the Jets? But all right, so then we see Antonio Gibson and Deontay Johnson. I that I feel like that hurts Randy's soul a little bit. It's not great. Um, <laughs> so team makeup: 
Cook, Gurley, and Ingram at running back. Godwin, Ridley, A.J. Green, and Michael Gallup at receiver. I think I have four top-end receivers. I think while they may be the best value here, as in Marvin Jones, I think I have to start taking some shots at running back. And I'm going to start that. Mm, I'm going to start that with Tevin Coleman. Okay. I am and definitely, we see... I'm definitely a Moho- uh, Mostert believer, but Coleman will have his days. And especially with COVID, we have no idea what's going to happen. So now it's back to me. So I have uh, two picks and four here. Um, so Landry, Cooks, and Woods, I feel decently about that. Um, this is a three-flex starting league, so I still need to find one more guy to uh, to put out my flex position. Um, so now I will go ahead and I'm going to start with Marvin Jones. I like the value there as my fourth wide receiver. And then, so that fills out my flex spots. And I usually don't do this, but I do think the value is there at quarterback and we're into the ninth round. And we talked about him with Denny. I'm going to take Carson Wentz. I thought you were going to take uh, Aaron Rodgers and I was going to leave. (laughs) Fun, fun. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) So uh, carry on went in Tyler Higby, which I wasn't going to take Tyler Higby anyways. Carry on I was looking at um, just to give me another guy running back. Now it's either I still want to take another shot at running back here because I do think I can get a value upside fifth, sixth, seventh receiver, whatever matters down the road here. Uh, Zach Moss is okay. Sonny Michelle obviously starts the season on the pub. I don't necessarily need him right away, but it's anything like yesterday's draft where I got him in the 15th round. I don't think that'll happen here, but I would love to get him to come back to me. I'm going to take a guy that hopefully screws Christian over. Wait, no, you didn't get Akers, right? Correct. Okay, yeah, you pass on Akers. All right, well, I'm going to take Daryl Henderson for just the shot that he becomes the lead guy. Yes, that still screws me over because that was my next pick. Hey, well, <laughs> sounds good to me. It's payback for Hollywood Brown, right? Um, yeah, big time. I'm big pissed on. Yes, I know. Uh, all right, Josh Allen, Tom Brady came off the board, and now is the time to start taking shots on really running back, but I'm not doing it right here. Um, I, you know, maybe I am. I think I'm going to take Zach Moss. That's what I'm going to do. That's I don't think I have a Zach Moss share anywhere, and I was the one who told Randy that Zach Moss is good at football. I just don't like his situation. I don't like a guy that's taking over the Frank Gore role. And shout out to the Ball Blastum girls who think that Zach Moss is going to score more points than Ronald Jones. Uh, I want whatever drugs you're on. Um, Jesus. So some notables there. We see... Uh... Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford go 9-10 and 10-03 to the same team. And then uh, CeeDee Lamb is the first rookie wide receiver off the board. Pretty upset about that Matthew Stafford pick, too. Big shot. (laughs) Randy and Christian are now the only two teams without quarterbacks. (laughs) Which is what I like in a 1QB league. Yes. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, so I'm sitting here. <laughs> so do I take a shot on Henry Ruggs, who the buzz is weird. It's just weird. That's the only way to put it. Uh, I believe in McCole Hardman having a role this year. Sammy Watkins already pulled up with a soft tissue injury. Plus he's trash. Um, but Jalen Rager sitting here and he's like the wide receiver one for the Eagles, especially over Jay Josh. So I'm going to take him. Okay. Um, why would you at- add especially over Jay Josh, you prick? <laughs> to be a uh, prick. <laughs> did you see that? Did you already hear your own reaction? I think that's pretty clear why. I, I didn't catch it at first because I was seeing who came off the board and then I and then I did catch it at the last second. What an asshole. Okay. So um I do Adrian Peterson's on the board. I just took back to back shots at running back. Even if Adrian Peterson is the lead guy, he was the lead guy a lot last year, and he only got like thirty, forty percent of the snaps most weeks. I think he could be good this year. I'm not taking a shot here, though, for him. I am going to take a shot on an under-talked-about guy. I am taking Christian Kirk as my wide receiver five. I think he's going to do a lot better this year than people are expecting. I'm excited for him, especially at wide receiver five. That's immediate value. Indeed. Indubitably. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right, so I like a couple guys at running back here, but looking at the team ahead of me, they only have two receivers and they have five running backs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Jerry Judy because I wanted him to get back to me and I want to make sure I can lock him up. And then see the team one does take another running back in Tony Pollard, which kind of sucks for me, but it's okay because Pollard was kind of who I was looking at. But you got to. You gotta do. I'm not. No, no. Don't you fucking say it. Don't you say it. No, I will not be doing it. Duke Johnson. I will not be doing it. Instead, I'm going to take. Um, shit. You're gonna take shit. Uh, what team? Well, that's a Jets player if I've ever heard it. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell was that? Uh, That was good. Are you gonna take a player, bro? Shut up. He, he's just realizing that Duke Johnson is the best case scenario here. No, it's not. <laughs> I was gonna because I was between Peterson and Pollard, but obviously they both went. Um and I did want to I did want to make sure I got Judy. So I'm gonna take Naeem Hines. Okay. Okay. Take uh, Duke. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about Duke Johnson here. Um Deshaun Jackson to an extent, but I, I mean, I think I'd rather wait kind of on that receiver. I am going, I really hope the guy I really want doesn't go, but I am going to actually take my quarterback finally. I'm taking Baker Mayfield here. Hmm. Interesting. That sucks. All right. That kind of, does that force my hand? Let me. You gotta go Duke Johnson. No. I would go Boston Scott over Duke Johnson here. Actually, no, I wouldn't. That's a lie. I would definitely go Duke Johnson. But I'm a little nervous because computer teams do like to draft 
two quarterbacks. Yeah, second quarterback. And so there are two teams, three teams ahead of me, or in between my next pick, that might do that to me. Yeah, I, so, I mean, that's, that's exactly why I took Baker. Because I didn't think both of my guys that I wanted would get back to me. Yes. Um, and so I'm going to take a shot on Cam Newton because I think he has the best chance to finish as a quarterback one out of the guys left. Shout to Ryan Tannehill, though. And that was just not a good scenario right there. Uh, you see Duke Johnson, Boston Scott, and Justin Jackson all come off the board. I, You know what, Christian, before you talk, I want to point out that for all your talk, you have to take Damian Harris right here. That is true. Yes, you do. No, I don't. You absolutely do. That is all you you even tweeted that he's going to be the starting running back for the Patriots by the end of the year. You're right. If you, if you believe that in any aspect, like he's not getting back to you. That's what I mean. Or or Randy, is Christian in fact a big fat phony? Well, I'm not well, a phony. Yeah, you, you can't call me a phony because at least I've been saying that via text to Randy for weeks now since I did my projections. Well, then take him. Then, then what's stopping you from taking him here? He's going to be the Patriots starting running back. Johnny Smith. Every team has a tight end except, like, me and you. Yes. I. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you do you, man. Well, I know Noah Fant came off the board, and, I mean, I'm sure you'd rather Austin Hooper, maybe Dallas Goddard. I'm taking Damian Harris. Fuck you guys. I hate you. <laughs> we did it, Randy. Good work. <laughs> we did. We did. I just got the Patriots starting running back at the back end of the season, so I'm cool. Yeah, I'm going to go for another high upside wide receiver because there's not really a back that I love anymore in this whole draft, really. Uh, I'm going Brandon Ayuk, who is going to be the 49ers receiver one for at least three weeks, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um AJ yeah, I will take a shot on AJ Dillon here because um, he could potentially get some of the uh, the goal line work. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, we really don't know what the plan is, but he is a big dude. That that I could say for sure. And I'm going to uh, supplement that with a guy that I got late in my draft yesterday. I'm going to take him late again here because there's no way he gets back to me in the next round. Mike Williams. Motherfucker. I hate you. I hate you. Do I take the guy I actually want or do I piss Christian off? That is the real question. Are you you going to take Mike Williams with your next pick? Me? Yeah. Okay. He was queued up. But well, because I figured Randy's going to take the other, the other one. So he, who was the other one, Christian? The the same thing happened in our real draft last night. What you took, took this? You took Preston, and then I took Mike, literally back to back. So, and my last name's Williams too. So that's very true. Uh, very cool. And fuck you. I am gonna. <laughs> You know what, Christian? I'll yeah. let you for this one time have Preston Williams. He's going to go on the next two picks after you pick. Probably, but <laughs> try and hope to make it almost. He's going to so- go. He's going to go at thirteen oh seven. I'm hoping 
that not only Preston Williams goes, but I am taking Johnny Smith to absolutely make you mad. And then Preston Williams. He did go. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Smith is a great pick at tight end in the third. Yeah, Randy, I love, I absolutely love that late round tight end pick. I I have. If I I've wasn't, if I didn't thread. take George, if I didn't take George Kittle in the second round, I definitely would have targeted Jonu Smith around this pick. So kudos, Randy, kudos. Yeah, and Christian talked about it last round how Noah Fant went at the end of the last round or the beginning of the last round, kind of screwed me out of the guy I like to target. So I thought I'd take other people's advice. Uh, people are kind of high on Jonu Smith right now. I don't know why, but I really do <laughs> like him this year. <laughs> So pissed. <laughs> I am thoroughly disappointed in what just happened. Mike Williams, Preston Williams, and fucking Johnny Smith. Uh, just very upset. Had to take Dallas Goddard as my starting tight end. That's what I did. That's not bad, though. You could have took do, Hawkinson, too. We do see Michael Pittman come off the board, as well as Bryce Love and Alan Lazard in the next round. So there's a little bit of Bryce Love love, if you will. Um, back to Christian. Fuck you for the Bryce Love Love thing. Oh, come on. That wasn't even bad. It wasn't terrible. All right. So here I'm sitting. And it's time to take some shots. You know, I said that a few rounds ago. Uh, No, I did. I mean, I think Zach Moss is a shot. Jalen Rager is less of a shot, more of a sure thing. Damian Harris is the shot of all shots. Um. And so I have Jameson Crowder. I think I would probably take Brashad Perriman here just with the situation occurring in New York. Perriman's going to get the ball. But in this scenario, and I've been a guy that takes Robbie Anderson over Curtis Samuel, but with how Matt Rule has been talking about Curtis Samuel, I don't know what to believe from Matt Rule just yet, but I'll put a little bit of stock into it that he wants to use him as more of a gadget player and and play to his strengths. So I'll take Curtis Samuel. Also, Randy, before we go any further, I talked about AJ Dillon and how big he looked, especially in the legs. Can we talk about just how small Jordan Love's legs look? Oh, it's oh, it's pencil legs. It's crazy. And this is a guy that Christian thinks will be the best quarterback in the 2020 quarterback class. I'll defend him on that. He did not say that. <laughs> Third best, maybe. Right? Yeah. He was my QB three. Yeah. Yeah. But but no, he's not gonna be better than two or Burrow. Uh yeah. His legs are way too thin to be okay. But he's it got me of it reminds me of the water boy when they call him needle dick. That's what I think of when I look at Jordan Love's legs. Yeah, they're yeah. But he's got a year of sitting on the bench to hopefully get those a little bit bigger. <laughs> Just uh, start training with AJ Dillon. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Well, it's kind of a pick your poison here at this point, especially because I have my quarterback and tight end already. I'm going to go with a guy I know, Sean Woodpick. I'm going to go because I passed on Julian Edelman earlier. I'm taking Nikhil Harry here and hoping he really does shine out this year. Fair. I, you're right. I probably would have picked him there. Um, so I think I will take the other guy that you were looking at. I'll take Hunter Renfro. And then Joe Burrow and Brashad Perriman go. 
And then what I'm also going to do, I feel like I, I, I can do this because I feel like my depth is pretty solid. And I mean, right now there's not really a running. Mm, now that I think about it, you know what? I say that, but I, as with my, so we have one more bench spot and then a defense, but I might not pick a defense as I usually don't do in the drafts. I just drop somebody before the season. I'm going to take a shot uh, and that the beat writers kind of know what they're talking about. Um, there's been a lot of reports that Jarek McKinnon has looked really good in camp and I'm going to take Jarek McKinnon with my last bench spot pick. Okay. Well, uh, my last normal bench spot pick, which I might do the same thing Sean does. I did that yesterday as well. I just took another guy and put Sony on the on my uh, IR and went get a defense after. I'm going to go another upside, take a shot running back here. I know I have three guys that are going to pan out for sure, and then I'm hoping that probably one of these three really kind of hit for me to be an RB4. I'm taking Joshua Kelly, who in my eyes will earn that RB2, that 1B with Eckler this year. Uh, I I think he's better than Justin Jackson, and I think by midseason, Joshua Kelly is going to full-on have that role. I just want to announce that you guys just both snipe me again. Both of you. Jarek McKinnon. In that order. Jarek McKinnon and then Joshua Kelly. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> Randy, Randy, Air 5. Okay. Well. All right. Um I don't I don't know who to pick here. Uh I again I, I do want shares of the Jets offense. And so we talked with Denny about Chris Herndon. But do I want to roster a second tight end? Probably not. No. Not. Well, and if you're going down the list, Christian, they're still, what, just on the top? I know Jack Doyle, Blake Jarwin, Herndon's Herb way Smith. down the list. First Smith, Thompson. Sternberger to an extent, Ian Thomas still. I mean, yeah. and then not Herndon. I, me, per, just our preferences. I would much rather just have to pick up someone else. That's. I mean, I think Chris Herndon goes undrafted here, and if I wanted to, I could pick him up before the season if the hype continues. Absolutely, one hundred percent. There's no way he gets drafted. Yes. So, I guess now is the time to take some. Mm, yeah, I'll take uh, Johnny Smith's Johnny Smith light and take Corey Davis here. Fuck it, why not? Why is that Ray- Johnny Smith light? Because he's going to be hyper targeted, and because they have literally just AJ Brown, Corey Davis, and Johnny Smith as targets. Darrington Evans has been sucking dick in practice, so he has. As far as what I've seen, he's looked good, except he had two fumbles. Yes. Um, and then... Yeah, that, that turn really hurt me there. <laughs> that was the, not a good turn for me. I, my targets were uh, Darrington Evans and Paris Campbell, and both are gone. <laughs> yep, and so I don't I don't know what to do with my last pick here, guys. I. Well, in theory, you should take a defense, but... In theory, but I'm not gonna... You know who I'm gonna take? 
Sean no. fucking Ross. A- AJ Green went down with a hamstring today. Seems to be minor. But he didn't go down. He just was trying to get stretched out, and they held him out. You make it sound like he tore his fucking hamstring. He could have, dude. You don't know. Uh, James Rapine actually reported it first. Um, so I'm going to take John Ross and put him on my COVID list and then pick up a defense. You, Makes that's, sense. It's actually a, a really good strategy. Randy did it in real life. He already said that, I think. Yep. I'm a genius is what they say. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, again, like you guys said, I normally do that and try and like find somebody I can keep off and hopefully just find a defense I like. Uh, I know yesterday I ended up picking up the Colts because they play the Jaguars week one. I figured that's probably the biggest upside to not scoring, getting a lot of points scored on them. I don't think it's a lot of turnovers because Gardner doesn't throw picks that much. For this, I am not taking a defense as well. I am going to take a shot on one of three guys here. That is Steven Sims Jr. to be the wide receiver two in Washington. Brian Edwards to be the wide receiver one or 1C, however the hell that ends up shaking out, or T. Higgins for the reason you just said. John Ross has been injured a lot. Same with A.J. Green. T. Higgins is already getting starting reps. He is a good shot here. If he's not starting off the year, I can just cut him. Because of that, because he is the biggest name of the three, I am taking T. Higgins. Alright, and then with my last pick, Man, what the hell? I'll take Kirk C. Oh my Kirk, god. The second quarterback. Look at you. Yeah, just to give me some um just some cushion if Carson Wentz were to get hurt. Makes sense. All right, so my team Carson Wentz, Saquon Barkley, David Johnson, Robert Woods, Jarvis Landry, George Kittle, Ronald Jones, Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones. The bench, Jerry Judy, Naeem Hines, A.J. Dillon, Mike Williams, shout out Christian, Hunter Renfro, Jarek McKinnon, shout out Christian, and Kirk Cousins. Uh, uh, For me, it's Baker Mayfield, Dalvin Cook, Todd Gurley, Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, John Smith, to screw with Christian, uh, Mark Ingram, A.J. Green, Michael Gallup, Tevin Coleman, uh, Daryl Henderson, Christian Kirk, Brandon Ayuk, Akil Harry, Joshua Kelly, T. Higgins. For me, I think my receivers are ungodly, in my opinion. I, especially if A.J. Green stays healthy, I have T. Higgins to kind of cushion that blow as well. Running backs, I have three guys that I really truly believe in and that I have shots everywhere else. It's it's not my favorite draft ever, but I think that's a guaranteed playoff team for me. See, I was worried, or I was worried for my team um, with the George, with the early George Kittle pick. But I do think I've found a lot of value in the middle rounds between Ronald Jones, Landry, Cooks, and Marvin Jones that I was able to pretty much fill out one of the deepest teams that I've done in our mock drafts. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of teams in this mock, the CPU teams, that went super RB heavy, and it kind of really screwed where I wanted to go. Uh, Honestly, you picking Naeem Hines kind of screwed with my plan a bit too. But I like like I said, I think it's a team that can make the playoffs. I just need one of those like four backs to hit, basically. Yeah. 
All right, my team, Cam Newton, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, who had the same bye week, Adam Thielen, <laughs> Amari Cooper, Dallas Goddard, Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, Tariq Cohen, no defense, fuck defense, James Crowder, Zach Moss, Jalen Rager, Damian Harris, Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, John Ross, the third. Not a fan. Do not like my draft. Um, got sniped all over the place. You're kind of the same situation as me, Christian, where you're really deep at receiver. Even the guys you drafted late should hit to be wide receiver twos on their team that could be wide receiver threes in total at the back end, maybe. Uh, Cam Newton, I'm not a huge fan of at this exact moment, but he should be fine. But like, yeah. like you have two really good running backs and then Tariq Cohen. Uh, <laughs> and you kind of, you didn't take as many shots as running back as I. Yeah, I'm ultimately with my team too. I was kind of banking on Joe Burrow coming back around a few rounds later, but then you took Janu, forced my hand on tight end, which was, it's a good thing I took Goddard when I did because two went in between. But then I made the mistake of rolling with Curtis Samuel, thinking that Burrow would come back one more turn. And so that's where I stand with with my quarterback situation. I don't love it, but I still do think Cam has a shot to be a quarterback one. I mean... well. And see, like, like my pick of in this one quarterback setting, I picked Baker. Baker, I believe, has Ravens week one. Obviously not an ideal matchup, but he should still have a decent day. We expect them to be a good scoring team at least. So I may drop one of my upside running backs to pick up a guy like Gardner, maybe, even though that would kind of screw me in a different league. But, you know, that's what kind of happens. Uh, it's you just have to kind of go with the flow with that quarterback. And also, for the record, I know you guys talked about me taking um, Kirk Cousins with my last pick. Um, so, I mean, we talked with Denny about that stretch that um, Carson Wentz has in that time period of uh, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Baltimore. Um, in that same time, Kirk Cousins gets to play uh, Green Bay, Detroit. And I believe it's Chicago. So I could always, if I if, if I feel more comfortable with Kirk Cousins in that time, I'm I'm that's kind of why I'm sorry. So it was four, five, and six. So weeks four, five, and six, Kirk Cousins gets to play Houston, Seattle, and Atlanta. So with that stretch that we talked about with Denny, especially the um to the especially the games against San Francisco and Baltimore, uh, Kirk Cousins gets to play. Houston and Atlanta. So I will 100% be streaming Kirk Cousins in those matches. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Me Especially too. if there's no one else you want to take a shot on there. Why not lock right. up your guy? Everything? And you can still drop him. I mean, it's exactly. not, you're not locked into that in yeah. that scenario. Drew locked into it. Okay. And we're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so that was our. That was our mock draft. I, I again, I think this is one of my more my more likable teams that I've had since we've been doing these. I, I like that value in the middle rounds, which I think you're going to see a lot of this year. I think there's going to be a lot of value in the middle rounds again. And I'm not just doing this because I know Christian wanted him. The fact that Mike Williams is basically going in the 13th and 14th round of drafts is insane to me. I understand that there's going to be a volume issue in Los Angeles. But still, I mean, the dude was a thousand yard receiver last year, and ever, and everybody's throwing him to the fucking wolves. And go peep my Twitter. I I put out a tweet. I think I might work on an article 
this week, but and it might be out by the time you're listening to this. But uh, Mike Williams is top ten in the league in air yards, and air yards result in fantasy finishes. It didn't last year because of touchdown regression, which I'd argue that Mike Williams getting two or three touchdowns, whatever he had, was not the mean for him. Uh, so when that comes back up, if he's still getting those air yards, especially if even if Herbert does see the field, he's just going to fucking chuck the ball and Mike, Mike Williams is going to catch it. So uh, Mike Williams is a great, great late round dart throw. Thank Shout you. out to our last episode. All right. So um, stay tuned. We are going to have some very exciting news coming over. Um, we're still ironing out the details. We're waiting to hear back from our reps, but um, just uh, we're getting a makeover. Let's just put it that way. We are getting a makeover. We might be, uh, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to jinx it, um, but we might have, we might be under an umbrella here soon. And so yeah. just read, read, anything. read the tea yeah. leaves as, as you will. Um, it's all good. Might be- we are putting, like you said, a fresh cut of paint where season two, new website, should be rolling out this week. Hopefully some more articles. Uh, we did change our Twitter handle as well, slightly, uh, yep. to the cut FFB instead of FFL. I'm still not quite sure why we ever did that. <laughs> I, it's yeah. not bad. No, no. It's just It was just something we did quick. The cut FFL kind of rolls off the tongue, though. It does. I think I FFB also, will too. I also thought FFA would, but you know, I was outvoted. Uh, <laughs> either way, <laughs> we also never thought we'd be at this point. Let's be real. So we did a quick Twitter handle and now we slightly adapted, but it won't hurt you guys at all. <laughs> yeah. You guys right, will still be able to find us. Christian, one more thing that you want to talk about? Yeah. Thrive Fantasy. Uh, they're fucking awesome. It's prop bets. Hashtag prop up. Um, when the NFL season rolls around, I'm telling you guys, I keep reiterating, but they are the next DraftKings. They are the next FanDuel. They are the next big thing in DFS, and you want to get in now. If you get in and you use our, our discount code, the cut, you will get an additional $20 onto your first deposit of $20 or more. And, I mean, you can't beat a deal where you double your money just by typing in some fucking letters, you know? So go do it and win some money because like i said they're up and coming but there's not a ton of people on there so your competition still a little low right now you're gonna win some money so go do it thrive fantasy download the app the link is in our description just click that if you're on your iphone it'll take you right to the app store if you're on your android get an iphone and if you're on a computer it'll take you right to their website so thrive fantasy hashtag prop up and then uh, stay tuned until Saturday. I did order a red zone draft board for my own draft. I will be using it. It is quite interesting. Uh, one thing I will say is they did not include kicker stickers because I think they just said screw kickers. Also, and that rhymes. It did. Um, and it's a very, it's the biggest draft board I've ever seen, basically. I'm excited to use it because it's 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 colorful. It's it's big. It's people. I know some people have trouble reading guys that come off the board and in, in the drafts that I do when it, when they're live. But you're certainly not going to have a problem with this one. The, 
the uh, the, the team, the player stickers pop. The the board is probably going to take up the entire wall. I I kid, but I'm excited to use it. Um, it's it's definitely new to me, but um, but who are we if we if we can't support our own products? So I will. Uh, you guys will have a firsthand review on next month, next Thursday's show. Uh, once once I test that out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. From four, sorry, not from four, Christian Williams, Andy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys later. We go. Yeah.